Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Last week, members of the United Auto Workers Union overwhelmingly voted in favor of authorizing a strike if new contracts with the big three cannot be met. I think we have high risk of a strike right now because of the positioning of the UAW and their president in these negotiations. How likely is the UAW to strike? I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. On Friday, UAW members voted 97% in favor of authorizing a strike should new contracts not be signed with General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis by the September 14th deadline. This strike authorization is not uncommon during periods of contract negotiations, though. But what is different this year is the man at the top of the union leading the charge. Now, here's what's making it different this year. Sean Fain is a new kind of UAW president. He was directly elected by the members, and in addition to running as a reformer, he ran as somebody who was going to take a hard line with the companies and do things differently. As the talks go on, he's kind of getting workers ready in case there is a strike. He is certainly an advocate for the UAW's proposals. He's released the overall proposals in there. And this is all stuff that that is normally done in secret. You know, I can't remember them having rehearsal strike pickets before as they've done. I certainly don't remember several weeks before the deadline, a union president throwing a proposal in the trash. Now, what's interesting is he's not telling anybody what the strategy is going to be at the last minute, and he's also not telling anybody what the union will actually accept. He's only talking about what they want. That was WWJ's Autobeat reporter Jeff Gilbert on new UAW president Sean Fain. Jeff talks about how President Fain has made clear to the automakers what he wants. What are those things, and what do automakers wish in return? Daniel Clark, a professor of history at Oakland University, explains. You know, the last 20, 25 years, even a little longer than that, with the era of givebacks, of concession bargaining, um, you know, some forced by the intense competition that domestic automakers have experienced with foreign transplants, foreign manufacturers, and then with uh, events like the Great Recession and even COVID. I think that auto workers have been bargaining in a context of scarcity, trying to keep you know the auto industry alive you know for their own benefit and now are looking more towards um reversing that trend and and regaining some of what they gave away especially in this era of high profitability for the automakers from the automaker standpoint um, this is a huge transition into the era of electric vehicles and no one knows what the market will be no one knows what the investments will have to be and and so there's great uncertainty uh, from that end 
Auto workers had to concede quite a bit during the recession and bankruptcies of the late 2000s. One of those concessions was the adoption of the two-tier wage system. That is something that President Sean Fain and the UAW are fighting to get rid of in the current negotiations. But what is a two-tier wage system? But um, one of the concessions was that new hires would be paid significantly less per hour than those who were hired before them. So you would have people doing jobs side by side, the same work, but earning vastly different incomes. And so that was a huge uh, concession. And uh, it was very difficult for the people who were hired in on the lower tier, the new hires, to achieve what had been the promise, the, the, the reason really for getting an auto job, to have some kind of comfortable living, maybe not lavish, but a comfortable living, that flies in the face of um, longstanding union policy, which you know, is equal or for equal pay and trying to raise up the level of all, not just um, those who have been around a while longer. And it can create tensions on the floor as well when some people are making a whole lot more money than, than others. With negotiations between the big three and the UAW having largely not budged, how big is the risk to a strike roughly two weeks out from the deadline? I think we have high risk of a strike right now because of the positioning of the UAW and their president uh, in these negotiations. So he has basically painted himself into a corner that he's got to get something more for UAW workers with these negotiations. It seems unlikely that uh, automakers are going to concede and give him everything that he's asking for. The UAW proposal would add $80 billion in labor costs over the next four years with you know, 46% wage increase, restoration of pensions, cost of living, increasing retired benefits, reducing work hours. All of these things would add a lot of cost. So when you look at the cost for the automakers in a strike, they certainly don't want to give in at these you know, high rates. UAW is painted into a corner. Um, I say there's a high probability that we're going to have a strike. That was Kevin Kettles, a professor of teaching of global supply chain management at Wayne State University. And he explains that President Fain's aggressive style has painted the UAW into a corner, making the risk of strike high. But what would a strike look like? Mike Martinez, a reporter for the Automotive News, says a strike could take several forms. A strike could take any number of forms, and we're not quite sure what that will be like. Sean Fain has threatened they could walk out on all three companies at once. But if you think about that logically, that's a lot of workers, nearly 150,000 workers, that the union would have to start paying 500 bucks a week after that second week. So that would deplete their strike fund very quickly. What you could see them do is a more targeted bottleneck strike. And that's where you take maybe two or three plants from each company, maybe an engine plant or transmission plant that supplies a number of key vehicles and just strike there, target your strike there. And eventually that ripple effect after a couple of days will shut down the entire company. Or the third thing that could happen, we could see the union fall back to normal and pick a target company in the last couple days here, focus their negotiations with them, and then if things fall apart, just strike that one company. Mike also adds that while striking is a powerful tool, it really isn't something that either party wants. Well, bottom line, a strike would not be good for anyone involved, including the auto workers. That's one thing 
you have to keep in mind here, I don't think they necessarily want to strike because when they're out on that picket line, all they're getting is 500 bucks a week of strike pay. And that doesn't start until day eight of the strike. So that first week, they're not even making anything. But the strike is the most powerful tool they have. It's a self-inflicted wound, but it's supposed to help show the company that they mean business and they will not work until they get what they feel is a fair deal. A strike wouldn't only cost the automakers their time and money, but would hurt Michigan's economy, too. Back to Jeff. GM strike back in 2019 sent Michigan into a one-quarter recession. So that's one car maker and a strike that went on, I believe, roughly 40 days. The Anderson Economic Group, which tracks these things, says if they struck all three car makers for 10 days, it would be a $5 billion hit to the economy. Michigan would be hit very hard. The country as a whole wouldn't be hit as hard. And it, it would hurt the car makers long term because, quite frankly, car buyers have a lot of choices and somebody who you know may be out there looking at a ford explorer if it's not available because of a strike may just buy a toyota highlander instead and that exposes people to uh, the competition people who otherwise might not have gone to say a toyota or a hyundai dealer while the risk of a strike may seem high as of right now mike emphasizes that as the deadline does seemingly approach it's still early yet for a deal to be made well, honestly, we're still in the early days of the talks. I know we're getting, we're a few weeks away from that September 14th deadline, but really things traditionally don't ratchet up until after Labor Day. Usually that's when the union will pick a target company, uh, one of the Detroit three with which to really focus their talks on. And things don't really get hot and heavy until the final week, the final couple days. And really, there's a number of reasons for that, one of them being if you have a contract deadline and you're a union president and suddenly you cut a deal days before that deadline, the membership may wonder why you didn't wait until the last possible second to get more out of it. So these things ultimately go down to the wire. Come September 14th, you may see picket lines form around Metro Detroit as both the UAW and the big three fight for their needs. But negotiating isn't done yet. In fact, it's just beginning. Thanks to Jeff Gilbert, Daniel Clark, Kevin Kettles, and Mike Martinez for lending their expertise to this episode. And as always, this podcast wouldn't be possible without WWJ's digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Make sure you don't miss out on new episodes of The Daily J by subscribing using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.